0: Welcome to the Luxury Travel Podcast, where you'll discover information on luxury travel right around the world, and hear amazing stories, tips, and secrets from experts and luxury world travellers. Please fasten your seatbelt low and tight, and remain seated for the show. Now here's your luxury travel captain, Alan Suss. My podcast today is with Helen Scott, a well-travelled client of mine, who will be talking about her travel experiences. Helen usually travels overseas alone, often choosing escorted tours, particularly in regions where English is not widely spoken and transport is not always reliable. Today we will be discussing factors she considers important when planning her next holiday. These include selecting the tour company, why she prefers a travel agent rather than booking via the internet and who must do's to ensure her personal safety and well-being. Hello, Helen. Hi, Helen. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, it's it's very good of you to be here and giving me the time to speak on the podcast. The first thing I'd like to ask you is, what type of traveller are you?
1: Well, Alan, as you know, I'm a single lady, so I often travel with a friend of mine, uh, but when she's unavailable, I go by myself. One thing I do add is that I always pay for single supplement. We're not in each other's um, hip pocket.
0: What what are your favourite places so far?
1: Well... Alan, I've, as you possibly know, I've finally managed to make the seven continents of the world. I thought that was a, a really big milestone in my travel. Um, Favourite places? I think the latest big tour I did was to Antarctic, and that was just beyond belief. It was just, I couldn't imagine it uh, before I went, and I really can't describe what or, why it was the best Uh, It was the peace. It was just being in in such a strange environment, totally silent. Um, Fortunately, we had very good weather. I travelled from Ishwaya in South America. We crossed the Drake's Passage. Uh, I was rather hoping for a little bit of um, weather, but we didn't get it. Very mild crossing both ways. And I guess the other favourite place would be Kenya. I was um, on a tour a couple of years ago doing the game parks there and, uh, again, uh, that was all animals and not a lot of people, so maybe uh, it's an indication. But then uh, to... Take another uh, track, I often go to Asia where you've got lots of people and very few animals. So, yes, I guess I, I travel everywhere.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Helen. The, I was impressed that you found that Kenya was an interesting place for you because uh, if, if one reads the newspaper, Kenya is considered to be fairly... De- uh, could be not the safest place for a single lady traveller. How did you get around that, um, being in the group? Was that a big help for you?
1: Alan, most of my tours are done with with groups. Um, it's just that if anything goes wrong, somebody else has to fix it up. Uh, an example of, of why I, I was so pleased to be in a group was when I was travelling in South America. Unfortunately, uh, it was a... a an extensive tour of South America with a lot of flights. And uh, South American countries are quite infamous, I should say, for cancelling flights. Um, we had to make a few detours, uh, change change our... our um, travel plans because of cancelled flights. So yes, somebody else had to worry about that. And of course, if you cancel a flight, you've got to cancel your pickups, you've got to cancel your accommodation and just uh, reprogram. Of course, if you're cancelling flights, you have to cancel your pickups, you have to cancel your accommodation. And so at least somebody else has to do it. And the whole tour has to be rejigged so that we still see the same places but possibly on different days
0: that's a, that's a very handy sort of tip if you're going to strange places don't always try and do it yourself groups can be very ha- very useful and very helpful what i you've mentioned a couple of your favorite places are there any other favorite places or are there places that you still want to visit Ah, well, Alan,
1: that's a leading question because, as you know, I've just booked a tour with you to go to Mexico and Cuba. Cuba's been on my bucket list for years, not so much Mexico but um, I'm trying to get there before all the other tourists get there. Similarly, I went to Myanmar or Burma uh, a couple of years ago and uh, now it's the place to visit. So I like to get there before the crowds.
0: Yes, I know that. I'm well aware that Cuba's been on on your mind for quite a while. In fact, Cuba is one of the latest, hottest destinations. In fact... Most Cuban tours tend to fill up very quickly. Maybe that's a pointer for people interested in going to Cuba. Don't leave it to the last minute to go there because accommodation is going to be difficult, travelling around, flights, everything. So if you're thinking of going ahead to Cuba, do it soon.
1: I agree with that, Alan. Um, In fact, I booked my Cuba trip um, 10 months prior to travel. So yes, that's definitely an indication. In fact, um, I had tried to go this year and the tour that I had chosen was booked out.
0: Yes, that's, that's quite true. It, now, when you're making a decision or, or how you when you're deciding to where you're going to travel, how do you make your, how do you decide that? Is there any do you use the newspapers, do you use the internet? To, f- to gather as much information as you possibly can. What do you What do you do?
1: Oh, Alan, I'm like the lady with the pin. I I um, watch a lot of television, uh, you know, travelogues, etc. Um, I read a lot, and it's a case of I think, oh, well, that that would be a really interesting place to visit, and from there I start to to research on the net. Um, I'm one of these people who who can't really read brochures on the net, so I I ask for them to be sent, a handy hint for those people that uh, like to pour through brochures and also um, it gives you other ideas as well. Um, So that's that's mainly what I do. Uh, I do very little independent travel, As I said before, you know somebody else can worry about the flights, etc. And the only time I don't use a travel agent, in fact, Alan, is if I'm um, travelling within Australia, I get onto the internet and do that myself. But any overseas travel, yes, I definitely use a travel agent
0: further to your making a decision on travel where do you want to travel how do you decide on who the travel operator might be who you who you would use
1: ah uh, yes that's a tricky one um well of course you you have entry level and your budget and 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 um you know, comfortable accommodation, comfortable accommodation, etc. And then you can get the high end. I certainly can't afford high end, particularly with the dollar, Australian dollar, as it is these days. Uh, so I look for a tour company that is reputable. I also uh, have a look, a look um, on TripAdvisor to see if people have made comments about those those particular tour advisors. But I think in the main, I have settled on probably two different, two, two different tour companies. I know them. Uh, I know the standard of accommodation, which is quite good. Um, their support on the ground you know, in other countries is excellent in as much as you have good english-speaking guides um, if you have any questions or any requests or etc they're there to help you um, the tourist tours themselves are, are escorted uh, but it's the local guides who uh, can really help another reason I've settled on two operators in the main although I, I um, tend to branch out from time to time is that um, both of these operators uh, offer, you know, little extras, and that's something that I like to, to look for. Um, they have um, some of them will offer free not free time, but you know, a choice of what you do in a particular country. Uh, others might offer limousine pickups from home, which comes in handy if you're leaving at midnight by plane. Um, some even offer you um, a uh, night or two's accommodation pre or post tour. So, all those little things add up. Um, it's, it's more of a loyalty program, but something that's, that's very important, I think, to the average traveller.
0: That is so true. Uh, some of these operators in fact do offer a great loyalty program and if you keep coming back, they keep giving you more and more benefits and certainly transfers by, uh, by limo to the airport and, and back again that's a great benefit for a lot of people and also they give you there's also a possibility of a discount on your f- forthcoming trips. And the other thing is they notify you of of new destinations that they're organising as well. Now, do you have uh, places you want to visit? Are there any that's sort of top of mind at the moment?
1: Uh, Well, Cuba. Um, After that, I'm looking at... A cruise, uh, cruise and fly tour from Amsterdam into Switzerland. That that I haven't I haven't been to Switzerland, and I'd like to uh, visit the lakes up in Switzerland while I'm there. So uh, that's that's uh, in the future. I'll uh, start poring over those uh, travel brochures just as soon as they come out.
0: Yes, I know you're looking at the river cruises down the Rhine and Danube, and they're they're becoming more. There's more and more becoming available. More and more people are travelling on these river cruises, and there's more and more ships becoming available on the rivers. So a lot of people are doing that at the moment. And the beautiful thing about going on any cruise, whether it's on an ocean or whether it's on a river, is that you unpack once. And you looked after for a week, two weeks, three weeks.
1: Yes, that has that has a lot of appeal. That's another thing I, I meant to say when I was talking about doing tours. I don't like tours that stop for one night in, in various um places i like to stop for a couple of nights occasionally okay you can get to a situation where you have to stop one night there mightn't be much of interest where, where you uh, happen to be but that that two nights it allows you to catch up on your washing and just you know, just rest a little bit um with regard to those those river cruises, Alan, I'm very impressed with the the boats that I've looked at. They're getting bigger and bigger, and and offering more and more. I noticed one the other day. I was reading about even offers a butler service. So you know, I, uh, coffee served in bed f- first thing in the morning. I could just about put up with that.
0: Yes, I'm finding that I more people, more of my clients are coming and wanting to go on the various. Uh, river cruises that are available. Some of the ca- on the newer ships, the cabin layouts are mu- becoming much more interesting. They're able to open up um, the windows and uh, become a full, uh, it be totally opened up. And uh, also the food is is being cooked by uh, is being presented by top top class chefs there's entertainment there's opportunity of walking going off the, the boat and uh, and uh, visiting the the shops and bike riding and just tramping around and walking around so fantastic opportunities and uh, also the weather if you do it and also there's another opportunity and the other opportunity is that some of the Cruise companies, they give you substantial discounts on some of the cruises at various times of the year. So for a lot of, a lot of people, those discounts can be very, very high. Now, uh, Helen, I'd like to ask you, what are your three, three tips or more tips that you might have for female travellers?
1: Uh, Alan, before I get on to that, um, when you're talking about those those um, ships going down the, the European rivers, um, yes, I think I would definitely have that on my next list. It's, it sounds really exciting and something that I'd like to do. Um, my three tips. Number one, do not leave home without travel insurance. Um as you, as you know, you know I, I know of one particular family that had to sell uh, an investment property to pay for their son's medical expenses because he had a motor vehicle accident in Paris and the horror stories go on and on and on. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars and... Um, just recently, there was a, a young man in Switzerland, I think, and they weren't going to let him out of hospital until he paid his account, and the count was in excess of $100,000, so do not leave home without it. Um, I guess the other thing is that, um, particularly if you're touring, you have to be very mindful of your health. Uh, obviously in some places you can't drink the local water, but even the food, make sure that you're buying food from, or buy, if you're buying food outside, that it's from somewhere that looks really, really clean. And I think the biggest thing you really need when you're, you're moving about in a strange country is your hand sanitizer. Uh, that's sort of stops a lot of, a lot of, uh, infection. Um. And speaking of hand sanitizers and, and health, I, I would say the third thing is to talk with your doctor and put together a little medical kit. doesn't have to be ex- extensive, um, but possibly it must include um, a broad spectrum antibiotic because that will get you up and and going. Um, being a a single traveller, my worst nightmare, Alan, is to, um, be stuck in bed in a hotel somewhere and the tour group's gone off to a brand new country or brand new city. So, you know, you just cannot afford to be sick. And, um, I really don't want to be stuck in a hospital by myself in a strange country. So I guess the medical kit could even come to the the top of my um, list of important things, that is, after insurance. Yeah, Ellen, I think that's about it. Everybody has their own tips and and things they do, but uh, they're my my must-dos.
0: Helen, I know for a fact that you like to get foot massages, and you like to go shopping in Chinatown, and I know you like to eat out and try the food. So, but there's a, quite a number of tips that you can offer on that on those sort of little ventures too.
1: Uh, yes, Alan. I've I've just not long ago returned from from Singapore, where um, of course I had to have foot massages. But the very best thing, Alan, is that I'm going to China in a couple of weeks, and that's when I first started having foot massages. So um, after touring each day, you can imagine where I'll be.
0: Well, it sounds pretty good. It's uh, something I think I must try sometime in the future myself. But I also know, you're not that you're a shopaholic, but you like, do like to go and visit chi- little markets at Chinatown and, and other places and rummage around and see what's there. So um, what, do you, do, what tips do you have for that and how, uh, how much time do you spend in these markets?
1: Yes, Alan, I'm really into to, uh, visiting markets when I'm overseas. It's where you see real people going about their daily business. Um, you get to have a chat with, with vendors, um, even though I probably have one, one and a half languages at my disposal. That's English and a, a smattering of French. But you you can talk to people. You, you can do it. Um but, yes, it, it gives you an indication of, of what people are doing, you know, their daily lives, what sort of food's being sold, um, you know, just just household items that they might off, off, go off to market to buy. It's um, far more interesting than dropping into the local department store, I can assure you, and I'm not a big... A buyer of souvenirs or trinkets, so um, department stores don't really cut the mustard for me. But I do love markets.
0: Yes, you were telling me at the time that you were in Singapore that you happened to walk into a into a store, into a shop, very good looking shop. You said to me, and uh, they were selling safes, and they were selling safes for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, to me, it's hard to believe that you can buy a safe for, two, for half. Uh, privately, you can buy a safe that's more than $100,000 or so, but they were selling safes for half a million dollars.
1: Well, obviously, Ellen, I didn't go in to purchase. Um, it was quite an upmarket store, and I couldn't quite figure out what these pieces of furniture were, and they were just stunning. They looked anything but safes. They were pieces of furniture, and and some of them even had uh, sections where you could keep your watch collection. Um, you know, which really impressed me because I have three watches, uh, so it would be useless for me. But yes, they were hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I was speaking to the chap there, and. He said that uh, the company will come and install it in your home. It's not a case of um, receiving a cardboard carton or a, a pallet and, uh, you know, ripping off the, the timber and just setting the thing up. It, it was just really amazing to see how some people live.
0: The other thing is, I know that you do of you you do a lot of, can we call it research, Uh, where you go and eat the local foods and you go to a lot of the local markets and a lot of the local food places. Um, Tell us a little about that.
1: Well, Alan, you're right and you're wrong. Um, I don't eat a lot of food in markets. Um, I think the worst thing that I have had is uh, deep fried witchety-grub-type things on a stick, um, like a kebab. Um, I was told by our tour guide that it wasn't going to kill me, Um, so I tried it. really wasn't worth it, but at least I can sit here and relay to you the story of the deep-fried witchety-grubs on a stick. Um, But, yes, it's it's not advisable uh, to just buy ordinary food that hasn't been you know deep fried and you can see it being cooked. Um, but I do like to to try different things. I've had wine or spirit I think it was with a snake in it. I tried that. Um, in India we uh were told all about a wedding ceremony or, or arranged marriages in a particular part of the country and, you know, the parents got together and arranged the marriage for their offspring and then sealed the deal with um, a a drink made of, uh, apart from other things, liquid opium. So I had a little taste of that. It didn't do anything for me. Probably I didn't have enough. Um, But, yeah, um, that's one of the things, that, that was one of my tips, just be very careful where you eat and what you eat.
0: Thank you, Helen. Um that was a most interesting conversation with you. And for our, anyone that wants to get more information, just contact me at Travel Managers and my email address is Alan S and spelt A L E N S at Travel Managers with a plural S at the end dot com dot AU Alan S at Travel Managers .com.au Thank you to the next podcast.